You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Run like a wild man. I watched you struggle and I watched you wrestle with them angels. From Auburn University, Bo Jackson. The correct Curtin Harris Stadium time is 8.43 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Good afternoon, Orange and Truthers. I guess good evening. It's 8.43 p.m. You're listening to the Orange and True podcast, harbored by the friendly folks at collegeofmagnolia.com. Greetings and salutations, Orange and Truthers. It's me, Santa Crow 2 from Twitter. At Santa Crow is where you find me on Venmo. To one side of me. Not here yet. Because he's working on his some painting. I guess he's into watercolors these days. That would be Ryan. We'll let you know if he ever shows up. <laughs> no show, oh, no show Jones, Ryan. To the other side of me. Giving the full Fort Payne ASMR, Mr. Hay Fever himself, the AU Chief. Hello. The uh, Fort Payne ASMR is extra juicy mm. tonight, as it were. Absolutely. You definitely, you can hear the, I went to the game on Saturday in your voice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I sounded like this by, uh, well, even worse than this. By the time it was time to go home, I was like, eh, it, it. I sounded like somebody that smokes 80 packs a day by the end of it. Uh, oh, back to your uh, greeting earlier, I, I just thought the uh, the way that uh, Paul the Esk starts out the Everton Business Matters podcast and Talking the Blues, both of which he hosts, he says, uh, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where in the world you listen. It's a good one. It's oh, good. it is a good it's one. A, it, it's his thing. It's, it's his... Uh, now, I love one of my favorite things about this is we're going behind the music here. One of my favorite things about the intro is that we do announce the time. Yes. But only that we record this. Right. And then it's never that time when people, I mean, very rarely the odds uh, someone's listening to this at eight forty three PM. We should start doing like, uh, like uh, talk radio, like every five minutes. <laughs> and the time is eight forty five. Oh, you're absolutely right. We'll go. And now a word from your local station. This is Alexis on with traffic. No, that's not a bad idea. Well, Ryan's not here. We can only assume that it's because he partied too hard this weekend after Auburn demolished Akron. But we're not here to talk about that game yet. We are here to talk about a team that has won 10 straight matches. Yeah, that is Ryan's a, missing his spotlight. This is the Ryan Starrett. The S stands for soccer spotlight. The S, the S now stands for soccer. Uh, I mean, if you had told me, the Auburn soccer team, if you remember, just a few months ago, did not find itself in the tournament, even though it had it had been going on a streak at the end of the year last year as well. And we were like, you know, this stinks. They got so much momentum. This would be the year to go to the tournament. They can make some noise. And they have carried that momentum right on ahead into the regular season. 
this year. And yeah. I mean, this is now 10 straight wins after a 3 0 uh, game against Chattanooga. I think they, they really took that personally when they were left out of the tournament. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a big uh, believer in locker room material type stuff, but. But you have to. I have to believe that they're out to out to prove something this year. Um, and they have. I mean, bas- have, basically the same team, so. right? And you know, and differential does not matter. But maybe it does if there's like a yeah. tie at the end of the year. But currently, they are sitting on a two, four, six, thirteen, two, four. Goal differential. A, nine, a, nine, a GD of nine plus it's a nine. GD of yes. nine. So that yes. is that's pretty dang good for being five games in. I mean, five games in, they have won all five, no ties, which in soccer, there are quite a few draws more often than not. Um, and to not have, not have had one, and that includes one ranked win. Auburn is now ranked. Um, and they got two games coming on this week, and and the two games this week, guys, are you got a tune-up game versus Alabama A and M. That should be mm-hmm. a pretty easy win for our ladies because the SWAC is not known as a soccer conference. But number one, Florida State comes to town on the twelfth of September. So, guy, if you're listening to this, you might be. We're talking maybe about a top ten matchup. In Auburn, a team that at that point will have won 11 straight matches, six straight to start the season, playing Florida State, the best team in the United States. Now, do I think Auburn's going to win that match? I don't really, um, to be 100% honest, think that Auburn's going to win. However, they got a chance. They're playing with a ton of passion, and they're playing together, and their attack in the final third, as we call it in the biz, is phenomenal. Once they get the ball into the final third, it's church, basically. They don't miss a ton of shots. Yeah. They get a lot of shots on frame and they can they put the ball in the back of the net. And I think the opposite of what USA men's national team has been doing in the <laughs> qualifiers, where everything has been great except for the final third. Um, right. Auburn women's soccer has been just they have been pushing the ball down the field. Um yeah, ever to conquer, never to yield. So it's uh, it's pretty great. It's it's they're fun to watch. This is not your granddad's soccer game where <laughs> it's it's plotting and a zero zero game going into the ninetieth. This is attack, attack, attack. Um, press, press, press. Get the ball. Turn the ball. Turn them over. Get it back. Shoot a shoot a goal. It's uh, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's it's exciting. I, I'm absolutely going to try to catch that Florida State game because that's uh, it could be thrilling, and uh, just you, any result a, a result there would be uh, whether it's one point or all three would be signal great things for this team, and uh, I, I'm excited. It's going to be really fun to watch. Be remiss to say, Will, Will Kelly points out volleyball is also four zero on Twitter. Yes. He points out, but that's important. Um, it is. I don't know anything about volleyball, so this is not really. We don't cover a lot of a lot of uh, 
Well, I feel like they only play worked. like 16 games a year. So right. four and a start is uh, – or matches, whatever you call them. Right. So it's, it's a matches made up of sets, right? It's game set uh, match, like chess. Okay. Right. Or tennis, like tennis. Sorry, not chess. Chess is one match. There's no games. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you're absolutely right. That's That's big time. That's top shelf from those ladies as well. Um, yeah, I think it's very important to mention that it's, but guys, like we're talking 10 straight matches. It's unbelievable. I don't, I, I don't have the notes in front of me as to know, has that ever I, happened? I imagine Karen Hoffa at Auburn has probably not done 10 straight before. It's just, it's, it's hard to do. Uh, yeah. You're just going to get a draw in there at some point or, or, um, something like that. But. Um, I mean, it's just uh, – that's a sign that we are, we have carried that momentum from last year uh, yeah. in. Um, and, uh, man, I just want to keep that ball rolling. It would be really cool for them to get a pretty high seed in this tournament because um, uh, the soccer season is a short one too. It's a super so. short one because, like, for instance, they've got – I mean, after Florida State, we start conference play. Yeah. So once we once Auburn plays Florida State, it's Georgia, Tennessee, A&M, Carolina – State, Mississippi State, LSU, Florida, like Arkansas, bang, Ole Miss, bang, Alabama. Two games a week. Um, Season is over October 28th. That's insane. And that's uh, in Tuscaloosa. It's a whirlwind, man. And then and, the tournament's in Orange Beach, right? Yes, the SEC tournament is Halloween. Starts on Halloween in, in Orange Beach. Every year. Uh, and I think, I mean, this is... Now, the, none, none, of thing, none of these games that Auburn has played matter in terms That's of true. They getting have, to the SEC to. tournament and getting to the, the NCAAs. But you've got to figure this is a team that has uh, had a ton of scoring coming back. So this is a team that has a lot of momentum and a lot of cohesiveness. They aren't putting a bunch of new pieces together. It's a lot of the same folks as last year. And last year, they were a lot of new people. So this team is just continuing to build. I think yep. we're looking at a team that's going to be, by the time they play, let's say, let's call it that number 10 game, then the game against number 10 Arkansas in Auburn on October 21st. They're going to, I think they might be just really, really good at that point. Like you give them another month and I think they're going to be incredible. I'm talking about your favorite sport, soccer. Oh, Ryan's here. Uh the S stands for soccer. What are we talking are we about? Now? Yeah, we've been on. We started without oh, you. Man, I did. I did show notes. Oh, everything. send them to me. We're almost done. Well, Ryan, we're probably right on the show notes. When you show up an hour late to to Cross, recording, an hour. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, let's back it up. That's not an hour. Ryan pulls in thirty minutes late to recording. Hair's a mess. Told us he's been I, painting. I told you. Told us he's been I was painting. He's in the middle of his uh, his blue phase, yeah, or he's into watercolors these days. Yeah, it's actually just a, a lot of uh, very drab uh, beige gray for wool. Oh, you you, know, are stuff. you in your, your latex phase then? Is that what <laughs> this is? Your hair looks very artistic currently. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a, there's a lot going on right now. If you can't you can't see Ryan because this is a podcast. Ryan's wearing like a tattered jean jacket and a white t-shirt with holes in it his hair's all messed up 
his fingers have cigarette burnt cigarette stains <laughs> and uh yeah there's just coffee cups all around him and you don't know what they're full of at this point he switches from coffee to absinthe somewhere in the middle of the day well i can't open this file right uh um, right okay you sent us a uh, file it's a nice hacker too no we're good oh see we've already covered it um we didn't give details about what happened but you know well, well we waited a little bit of so we we've talked soccer uh, we've talked uh, volleyball, four zero. We can talk more soccer though. So I like the fact that you have in this notes that Auburn's defense on soccer um, has both the tallest and its fastest person on its field on the field at all times. Because yeah, not just on the Auburn roster, but like on on anybody yeah. they've played so far. Alyssa Milanzan is blazes. She is incredibly yeah. fast. Um, and then. Emmy Craven is six foot two, so she's taller than me. So, um, so is is Milan son? Is she um, is she a defensive midfielder? Yeah, you calling her, or is she, is she just a midfielder? No, I think she's a defensive. I would say is okay. I, I would say like a central defensive. It's like personally. a number eight, like a, a Weston McKinney type. Is that R- what we're talking R.I.P. Here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, as, as I'm still getting into soccer and learning positions and everything. I, I notice her as the person who takes the ball away from whoever's on offense, wherever they're at on the field. <laughs> so, um, like some of these teams that they've been outclassing, they they, they can't run away from her. They can't possess it away from like that. She she is faster than them, and will be on top of them wherever they're at. She's a regular Alon. Uh, I was going to say she's a lot more like an Ingolo Conte in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, she's somehow she is just everywhere. Yeah. And Ryan, this is a hot my hot my hottest soccer take. I would rather have N'Golo Conte on my team than Mbappe. I'd oh, rather, yeah. I'd rather have N'Golo Conte on my team than Cristiano Ronaldo. I'd rather have N'Golo Conte on my team than Erling Haaland. I think if you have that guy on your team... Yeah, he's he's like literally the games. only reason that... Well, not the only, but the biggest reason Lester won a, a, a title. Yeah, and Man. if you've got a guy like that that is so fast and just in a menace at getting the ball back and then putting it in the right place to start possession. It's difficult to lose games. Difficult yes. to lose games. They have her as a defender slash midfielder. So yes, she's a central defensive midfielder, I think. So, so did you mention that uh, Chattanooga had a whopping total of zero shots? No, I didn't mention that yet. Not just zero shots on goal, zero shots. It was a uh, boring day oh, for... It's a very uh, latter stage uh, Marco Silva uh, Everton <laughs> team there. Just <laughs> no shots, no shots, no shots on goal. Difficult to win when yeah. you don't shoot. Yeah, that and uh, Olivia Candelino having two goals in less than a minute, both in the eighty-first minute. When you talk about um, Sydney Richards from Plano High School, she's playing outrageous this year. The Plano yeah, Texas gal. Home. This whole uh, Auburn team has been playing awesome, uh, and a lot of those, those Texas girls, like you were talking about, uh, her goal, she has a brace against UAB. Her goal against UAB those were rockets. Yeah, her first goal against UAB would have been a goal from fifty yards away. <laughs> it was she was about fifteen yards away. She was probably five to ten yards outside of the penalty box, and she hits this missile. That about tore a hole in the back of the net. I mean, it was uh, it was a screamer, as they say. 
It had a vapor trail, and <laughs> the the goalie for UAB, I, it could have been any, it could have been Manuel Neuer in the in goal, and I <laughs> I don't know if anybody's saving it. It's going, the thing was going so fast. Um, yeah. Wow. Is Manuel Neuer? Well, uh, Manuel Neuer is a good reference still, but he's not the greatest goalie in the world anymore. But he's still. No, no, that's Jordan Pickford. <laughs> sure, yeah, it's Jordan Pickford. <laughs> no, it's it's. One of the two Brazilians who either plays for a city or uh, Liverpool is what I would think. Uh, I think Emmy Martin gives them a run for their money. He's pretty damn good. Yeah, he is good. Yeah, he is good. What's the – and Courtois is pretty good. Courtois. There's a lot of good goalkeepers out there, Ryan. There's not American there's, anymore. There's oh, Zach Steffen's good. Are any of these goalies uh, playing for Florida State right now? Because I don't think it really matters who's playing for Florida State. Their goalie has one save on the year. And that's not a knock on her that Florida State's only given up eight shots in five games. So That's a smothering defensive I have ever heard of. It. I wonder if they're yeah. if they press really high. You've got them you've got them here. They've got ninety six to eight is their shots differential. Yeah. I think it's more of just they don't give up the ball on offense. All right. Yeah. It's gonna and, be a fun one next Sunday. And their goal differential Auburn's is Auburn's a plus nine. And state is a plus five because they have sixteen goals to three, so they're plus five and a half. So I'm get a better GD than state currently. Wait, I'm missing how you're getting that. Auburn has scored goal differential is sixteen to three for Florida State. So that's oh sorry, you're right. Yeah, thirteen. I was dividing it. That's my fault. Sorry, man. It's been a long. It's been a long Labor Day weekend. I was doing division and not subtraction. Um, yeah, <laughs> I was doing division. It doesn't make any sense as to why. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, but Florida State's best player is a transfer from, from Florida. Yeah, well, from Sweden. Sweden. Um, yeah, like they got Florida's best player. I think. Last year, yeah, he was a freshman. Which is, I don't know. I don't really know the situation. I kind of want to find that's out more. Classic, about it. That's classic. That's uh, classic. Florida State taking Auburn basketball's best player back in the day. Oh yeah. What, Ryan, what was his name a again? Named Tony Douglas. Yeah, that's right, Tony Douglas. Dad Gummit. Uh, I was really mad about that at the time. Like really mad. Yeah, yeah. He. I mean, he went on and did fine. It was. He had a long really, NBA career. Yeah. Was, so uh, Beat Olson. Uh, that's the funny. Florida player, Florida State player's name. We will now refer to her as Tony Douglas. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bita Olson had seven Bita. goals as a freshman last year and five assists. And uh, yeah. Eat him Four up, goals Auburn. and five this year. So. Yeesh. Um, so Florida State's already beaten the Aggies, the Tide, um, and and oh, Florida wow. and and. Florida's really good this year. They're not ranked currently. A&M's number nine in the country currently. Florida's missing their best player. Because Florida's best player is playing for Florida yeah. State. Man, you yeah. know that game was tough. That would be – that'd be like the tank, the rumors that Tank Bigsby was transferring to Georgia. Oh, man. If they had come true and Auburn had to play them this year and Tank Bigsby was on the team and like been, had four touchdowns. That would have been horrible. Just horrible. Oof. All right, so there's a good question asked on on Twitter right now. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, by 
<laughs> by the one and only Auburn Elvis. He asked, could Akron football beat Auburn soccer? And that's an, that's an interesting question. Um, at football, yes. <laughs> First of all, Auburn soccer doesn't have enough players. So it'd be really tough um, to field a full team. I wonder if there are 11 dudes on the team that even know how to play soccer. I mean, chances are there are if they've got a full complement of 72 players or whatever. There'd be maybe 11 that knew how to play soccer. Yeah. Uh, Akron actually carries uh, 11 kickers on the team. Do they really? (laughs) I mean, they may as well have, uh, based on the way Saturday they went. Yeah. By the way, I just want to jump in to say that, uh, yeah, beat Olsen uh, two goals against the Florida Gators uh, this past Sunday. Or Thursday, rather. Yikes, Florida. <laughs> you hate to see it. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, in soccer, I think Akron would get beat by by Auburn soccer. I don't think it would be 60 to uh, to 10 or whatever. Right, right, right. But I really don't think. I mean, and this is something that I think people oftentimes, it's never girls, guys oftentimes will say things like, oh, um, I definitely, I definitely think that I could beat a girls basketball team right now. Me and some guys could just turn turn up and beat them. Like that, like that isn't sexist, but like, you you couldn't <laughs> like, like you you really couldn't you and your guys could not turn up and you, let's say you had like six buddies and you're like yeah we need to get in some shape and I bet we could go and beat Auburn women's soccer at soccer you couldn't do it unless your guys are like pretty high level soccer players yeah and let like and let yes unless they're very good soccer players <laughs> like if you're like oh well, this guy played college soccer well yeah he probably could. Yeah, but if it's just a bunch of dudes who hadn't played since junior high, no, you're not gonna beat them. So yeah, yeah. no, I mean, Akron the, the men's basketball one makes even less sense because um, the <laughs> any dude that thinks that they can go beat a WNBA team is sort of crazy because uh, WNBA players are way taller than you. So yeah, uh, sorry. Plus, Anna Tarasi is the greatest. Yeah, yeah. She's, you know how many buckets she would get on me? It'd be ridiculous. Yeah. And I'm so fast. Been out of, uh, professional basketball for two years and could still be oh, yeah. <laughs> pretty much any non-professional men's basketball player. She runs – Maya Moore runs with the men. Like the NBA, the NBA will go do lifetime fitness workouts in the summer. A bunch of you from the league will show up and be playing. And you'll look up and Maya Moore is on one of the pickup teams. And these guys are NBA players, and they're letting her play with. Guess what? They're yeah. not letting you play with them. Yeah, yeah. because if you you're play with them, you're, they're going to get hurt because you're so bad <laughs> at basketball. You will injure them or yourself. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and we'll discuss a little bit of uh, collegiate football. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back 22 minutes and 51 seconds into this program uh, in collegiate men's tackle football. The Auburn Tigers opened up the Brian Harson era with a bang. And if you didn't know, and this yeah. is the only way you're hearing about this game, you should watch the highlights. It was good. This, there were a, a lot of highlights in this game for, from an Auburn perspective. The score was 60 to 10. And the game yeah. started at six o'clock. It That's, did. It did start at six. That was the. Uh, was great. It was um, over by about six ten. So. Yeah, <laughs> bro. It was a. Uh, it was a massacre. <laughs> um, I, that is the probably single greatest throttling by halftime I've I've witnessed in person. Yeah. Um, yeah. If. Uh, Anders had hit the first extra point that would have made it Auburn covering the game uh, spread by halftime. Which we've done. Uh, we actually did it against LSU uh, a few years ago. 2014 um, LSU, the uh, greatest game. Yes. You know, uh, about but the same, uh, about the same talent level, I think. Backer and yes, in LSU. 2014 LSU is the greatest Auburn football game ever played, and I. Yeah, I'll, I, I'll I, don't, I don't that. know that you're wrong. I'll go down on I, that, uh, that I missed that half of it so i don't <laughs> and stuck in a bathroom line uh no <laughs> i don't think his body missed the game <laughs> no 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 my body missed the first oh, okay okay i was there by the second quarter but uh <laughs> it was uh well, weekend at it was Bernie's. <laughs> it was it was quite the day it was quite the day but uh this week i made the whole game and uh it was pretty glorious it's really fun to watch um, I mean, I, I, I didn't have a bad thing to say except for that extra missed point or missed point. Yeah. The, 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 extra, the missed extra point, missed extra there point, the missed extra point was one of the weirder things I've ever seen. Like it was so out of character for, for Anders. I feel, I feel a little bad for Anders Carlson cause anytime he does anything wrong, I get violently mad that we didn't sign, uh, um, the kid from Fort Payne. Whose little brother we are going to sign, but uh, yeah, I just get not, upset that we didn't perfect cloning and just have. Daniel it's Carlson not his. Too. It's not his fault. It's just it is his fault, I guess. Right. He's only probably going to be the second leading scorer in all the history. Well, uh, that's because he. Uh, yeah. Imagine if he played on, <laughs> in a good Gus Malzahn offenses. Right, and actually got to hit some extra points. Or yeah. didn't have to shoot. Not been asked to kick from fifty yards as a freshman. Or? Yeah, that's the thing. I, well, his brother. I think he's awesome, but I, I never, I never liked that excuse. Hey, his, his, his brother did lose a bowl game in overtime by doinking a field goal. As a freshman, so it was against Wisconsin. Yeah. Who can blame him? <laughs> he just wanted to go home. He just wanted to get out of there. I don't blame him for that uh, at all. Me too. I was there. Anyway. <laughs> so, so Crow, can I interest you in uh, a little bit of Bo Nix? Positivity, sure, man. For Saturday, everything's doing I mean, great yeah, with I mean, Bo Nix. Uh, you know, 
not necessarily his biggest fan all offseason. No, I, I am. I am. I think he is still needing to prove me wrong. Fair enough. Uh, did everything he could in this one, though. I mean, just we we now have a new record holder for completion percentage in a single game at Auburn. Yeah, that's right. I think it's funny after the last two years of us complaining that basically his completion percentage was what was holding him back. Uh, Bonex twenty for twenty-two, ninety-one percent completion percentage. He beats out the guy who I have said is the most underrated quarterback in Auburn history, and that's Jared Stidham. People hated that guy, and he was currently holding that record. <laughs> but that's okay. He also uh, he he came into the game, uh, Ryan, tied with his dad in yards. Was that correct? Sure did. And he uh, he surpassed him, obviously, but he tied him up in another category, which I believe is touchdowns, right? Uh, yeah, career touchdowns, which I think that was number 31 for Bo, uh, or 29, 30, and 31. Uh, Tied for like eighth or something like that in Auburn history. Hmm. Just going off the top of my head, things I see on Twitter about uh, such. Uh, the uh, Goldmine tweeted about that. I like the Goldmine. Yeah, that's 31 career touchdowns yeah. for Bo. Um yeah, I mean, I think more importantly, like we, we knew he, he was probably going to have a pretty good game. I mean, most of the team sure. is going to have a good game. But what we wanted to see is is what we got. Where it seemed like the composure was there, ready, able to stay in the pocket, set his feet, step into throws. I mean, all the things that even against other bad teams in the past, he hasn't necessarily done. Um, you know, that that accuracy was there on down passes. Uh, like I said, not not scrambling at the first sign of pressure, even though there wasn't really any pressure uh, from Akron. Uh, it was it was impressive. It was good to see. I mean, it, like you said, he can't prove us wrong against Akron, but did as much as he could. Yeah, right. I think so. Had himself a good game. It's a confidence builder for him and for fans, and for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most importantly, no, most importantly. I think the main thing for me was that he had one I used to call a Griffin and that it felt like Robert Griffin III was doing this every game the year he won the Heisman where he had more more touchdowns than than incompletions. Um, and I don't think Bo has ever done that. I don't um, Yeah, probably not because – well – not that Bo is super accurate. I'm not trying to make that claim, but Bo nobody also, would make that claim. Also, did not throw a ton of interceptions because Bo threw the ball away a lot, right? Uh, and and didn't do quite as much with his feet. I think that's what helped Robert Griffin the third to uh, not instead of having to throw the ball away, he would make the move himself. Yeah, um, with with track star speed. I mean, yeah, yeah, right. Him and Lamar Jackson are probably two of the best athletes as far as find speed here's, here's the thing like Bo, I I harped all last year about how we should, we should have just run the, the Nick Marshall offense in the one game we did Bo looked great in yeah. uh, and we never tried it again and I, I don't think we're going to see that this year I think Bo is good with his feet I think he could have done stuff like that but there, I just the coaching he's received uh, until this year, I, I think was detrimental 
I think last year it was mainly a, it was also a byproduct of we cannot afford this guy to get hurt. Yeah, we that's, do that's not true have too. a backup quarterback. You didn't have anybody. That's true as well. I, I had forgotten until just this moment just how terrifying the backup quarterback situation was last year. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was bad. I mean, there's not a whole lot of good from last year, to be honest, um, except for that one game where Bo <laughs> looked good. Well, nowadays, it is interesting to think, though, that nowadays there's not a lot of teams that are going to have really quality backups – because people will, folks will just uh, transfer. Yeah, I mean, your your most likely backups are somebody with experience from another program that's trying to win a job and didn't win the job. Yeah, uh, TJ Finley or the you know heralded freshman who's got a city year before coming in next year. Right, so more than Mitch Davis uh, style. But, yeah, I mean, I I don't necessarily expect all three of these guys to be here next year. I don't think anybody really does. Um, You'll never, ever, 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 ever have a Tyler Watson-Andrew Zow situation ever again anywhere. Uh, Or a Brock Brock Berlin and uh, Rex Grossman, I think, was uh, was the one. Yeah, you might not ever even have a Tua Jalen... Yeah, I don't. I don't like think that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, because even I, in that situation, Jalen transferred. Right. Um, and he stuck around way longer than anyone would at this point. Now, if yeah. you can just go and get you for a year, then then it's oh, yeah. it's going to happen going forward. Um, Ryan Andrews Allen, Tyler Watts were two very mediocre quarterbacks at the University of Alabama. Uh, for yeah, I, I actually did not recognize those names. Like, okay. not even joking. Um, oh, that's hilarious. But, they they did a little quarterback rotation. It, it was. Is this pre uh, Joe Parker Wilson? Oh yeah. yeah, I knew that one, and I did not care in the least about Alabama or Auburn football when yeah, Andrew Zow was the quarterback. That's when I was in high school. Nineties is that what's going on? Yeah, yes, late nineties, Ryan. Yes, okay, nineties, early two thousands. Tyler Watts and Andrew Zow went back and forth. Um, and I believe Watts ended up being starter right before Brody Croyle. I think that's how that, how that yeah. went down. Uh, Brody Croyle, Ryan, was a quarterback for a very mediocre quarterback for a, a very mediocre Alabama teams as well in the uh, early 2000s. Yeah, got the Jerry Stidham at Clemson treatment you know, a decade before it was in style, right? Um, yes, uh, yeah, you are probably familiar from uh, your preschool days, the uh, honk if you sack Brody signs. Uh, <laughs> your preschool days? Close enough. Close enough. That's that guy. Uh, but yeah, you won't ever have uh, anything like that. I, I think you will see schools, uh, especially your, your Alabamas, with they'll still have a very talented backup and may, possibly with – experience because people will transfer there trying to win jobs or happy to be backup. Um, hmm. but you won't, you won't ever have guys that have gone and <laughs> two guys a year apart or in the same class, basically sitting there on the same bench together. Uh, that's just not, not going to happen if, if they're talented. For better or worse, I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. That means more good quarterbacks just go around. So, 
Were y'all more impressed with Bo Nix, the quarterback, or just the entire stable of Auburn running backs uh, Saturday? You know, 275 yards, 10 yards of carry was uh, a beat down. Yeah. Well, I think uh, they could have run. I think either any of those running backs could have gone for 300 yards. Yeah, had they I, wanted I, to. I agree with that. I, I was I was probably more impressed with Bo. I I I think even last year's group of running backs could have probably produced the same kind of results this year, uh, even without Tank. If you take him out of the equation, um, it, Bo just looking composed and and settling us down, settling himself down a little bit. Uh, yeah. I think is is more impressive. Well, so the the running backs, like I said, uh, ten yards a carry. Uh, I'm what was it like 130 or so for Tank, another 120 for uh, freshman Jarquez Hunter, um, just running people over all night. There was one carry by Tank. It's on the first or second drive where he goes up the middle, breaks a tackle, runs oh, yeah. over the safety, I believe. Beautiful. As the safety is going to the ground under Tank's feet, Tank stiff arms his head in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tank, Tank is Tank, and um, he's going to put up bonkers numbers this year, I think. Um, Tank celebrating his touchdown at the 20 <laughs> is one of the most incredible things in Auburn football since Cam Newton. Oh, yeah. Like it's been That's a beautiful. long time since we've had sight to see an athlete that good do something that good, know he is doing something that good, and let everyone know that he knows that he is doing something that good. I mean, it's it's a uh, Bryce Brown level of confidence. Oh yeah, just yeah. We had some guys catch some balls out of the backfield too, didn't we? Uh, yeah. Sean Shivers murdered yeah. a guy. Sean Shivers, uh, man. Touchdown. There's a I've put this in the slide. There's, there's a line from season one of Ted Lasso, the greatest show on television, in which uh, Nate the Great refers to Roy Kent as someone who is runs like he's angry at the grass. That's how Sean Shivers runs. Like he's mad at the grass. I like, need a I need a, a movie poster featuring Sean Shivers uh uh, photoshopped over Nick Cage and drive angry, but yes. it says run angry. He, That's what like, we need. He's so Some, somebody made a comment perturbed. John Shivers, John Shivers doesn't run to the goal line. He runs to the back of the end zone. Yeah, <laughs> or he runs like they're making me do this again. <laughs> and it's like it was Akron who made him do it. Akron's making me do it again. I guess I'm back. Uh. I think the the big takeaway from this is just a, it, it's a good confidence builder for our guys. Uh, I don't think you can take too much else away from it because that team was stinky, and uh, we got another stinky team coming up next. Unfortunately, uh, uh, I don't I don't even know is this team any better than that team? Alabama State. Yeah. Um, okay, we're gonna uh, we'll play a little game here. Uh, Crow, Alabama State uh, played Miles College Saturday. Do you know anything about Miles College? No, I couldn't tell you where it is. 
Okay, it is a D2 HBCU in Fairfield, Alabama. Yeah, outside Birmingham. No. Played them, uh, played them in basketball before Fairfield. Not, uh, that is outside of my <laughs> realm of knowledge of mascot <laughs> names. I was going to say, yeah, does Crow know who Miles Pouch mascot is? It's the Golden Bears. If they're not they're in Division 1A, cool. there's no way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, Alabama State played Miles College and won 14 to 13 in overtime. So, Whoa. you know. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Stepping up the competition a little bit. They were looking ahead to, to Auburn. Yeah. 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 We So we played Alabama State, I believe, in 2018. Yeah, the That's week after right. Washington game. And that score was worse than the Akron score, uh, 63 to 9. Isn't that the game that Stidham had the record that Bo just broke? Probably. Uh, probably, yeah, if I had to guess. Let's see. Um, like, it, this is one of those where, like, actually, this past week was too, where at halftime, I was, I was soundly in the camp of, Tank Bigsby should not get another carry the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I know. After after his touchdown, I was like, "All right, let's not <laughs> yeah, run. Pull him. Let's not. That was pulling." <laughs> and like, and like, Bo Nix should not have been in the game at any point in the second half. Now, what did he? Did he do one drive for the second half? Yeah, he did like one drive for the second half. Done. That's pretty classic uh, coaching move. I don't know why coaches yeah. do that. I have no idea why, but it's like NFL uh, coaches do it too. I, I imagine to just get them uh, to keep a rhythm of okay, you still got to get out here after halftime, just uh, that kind of thing. So Jarrett Stidham uh, against Alabama State in 2018 uh, did not set the completion percentage record or oh, even come close to it. Actually, it looks like his. Okay, his second worst career game, third worst career game in terms of completion percentage. Uh, his worst game was the Georgia SEC championship game. Uh, yeah, I believe his it. Second worst game was at Clemson in 2017. And in this game, he went six for 11 for 113 yards. So we just didn't wow. – they didn't throw a lot of passes. Auburn Gust uh, kind of yeah. handed the ball Didn't off. throw a lot of them and completed even fewer. Yeah. Uh, so that's – I was going to say anyways. the same thing. I think – one of the, the biggest difference between last year and this year is that we threw the ball 20 more times in this game against Akron than we would have under Gus. Yeah. I don't think yeah. Gus would have thrown 25 passes. Oh, heck no. No, he, we would have <laughs> thrown 10 yeah. or 11. Bo would have thrown uh, 10 passes and been out of there. He would have handed them off the tank. And, and tank probably would have been out there for 15 to 20 carries. Yeah. Actually, no, it's first game, so he wouldn't have known that Tank was his, his number one <laughs> back. You know, he's still figuring it out. He just Alabama split, State. He just split 50 uh, carries between Shivers, Tank, and uh, Hunter. Alabama State, uh, and in the Sagarin rankings, which have all FPS and FCS teams, uh, there are 258 teams total. Alabama State is ranked 238. So, oh, yeah. So this could be worse. This this could. And be I imagine they this is without there? the Miles College games included. So it will probably go down. Where is the where's Akron ranked in that? Um. Again, pre pre this week's results. Pre Auburn. Akron, Akron was one thirty five. So okay, one hundred spots lower than the. Akron. So there are a hundred teams better 
than Alabama State, but worse than Akron. Ouch. Yikes. Yeah. I think is, uh... what's the line in this game? <laughs> I don't I actually haven't seen one. It's gotta be Auburn plus fifty or Auburn plus forty five minimum. Because wasn't it Auburn plus thirty six for the Akron game? Thirty seven. Depending on where you saw it. I'm hammering the money line on Auburn this yeah, week. Well, I mean, I guess there's one thing you did learn from this game, and that it's uh, that Brian Harson will not walk it into the half or the end of the game and kill yeah. the clock. Yeah, which I love. Wanted to get that experience for his guys. That was my. Uh, I always, always got kind of irritated with Gus about that because that was Gus's thing in, 20, in 2010. His thing was. We try to score when we have the ball, no matter what time. And then all of a sudden, he quit doing that. Yeah. Unless it was Arkansas. Always running up on Arkansas. That's true. I like that that Brian Harson was, I think he was actively trying to go for the shutout. Oh, yeah. He had starters. There were starters still in the game. Dude, dude, those, those, uh, I bet those, uh, the the second and third team guys were running gassers and what not today because they uh, they allowed them to score. There were a couple starting DBs still in the game. Mm, that is unfortunate for them. <laughs> like he yeah. was trying to keep yeah. this thing going. Well, especially unfortunate for them because the the backup quarterback for Akron actually wasn't half bad. Uh, the lead was thirteen for thirteen or eleven for eleven passing. He wore uh, number zero, which was rad. Yeah, oh, he, he took rad. a couple shots by the defensive line, but didn't miss pass. Uh, the pass rush looked okay. Yeah, a, a well, difficult to know. Like, yeah, of course, of course, it's going to look pretty okay. Six, six sacks, five players with with those sacks. Um, the Auburn High offensive line might put up a better fight than uh, well, than we, Akron. No this was the question that I asked in the Slack: Would a very top like Denton Ryan? I just watched Denton Ryan play in person last Friday night. They're the number one team in their division in Texas. They've got multiple. They had a kid who's the number one linebacker in the state, number 19 recruit in America America for 2023, and Anthony Hill Jr. Auburn's offered him. Alabama's offered him. Everyone's offered him. They've got a three-star running back who I think is going to go to Colorado. They got a safety who's a division one prospect. They got their guys up and down that field who are power five prospects in high school could could they beat akron <laughs> they could i mean i mean i think probably, akron would have a size advantage worst, on the it line would be a competitive game i think like like the 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 very like bottom of the spectrum right. it would be a competitive game and like yeah, so really my biggest question is is the offensive line as a whole uh fbs Size, and that's I mean, the thing. Because because if you end up running like a two hundred forty pound offensive lineman up there, they're gonna get they're gonna get beat. I mean, right. the, but that's Out that there. is the biggest difference. Um, I mean, that's the biggest difference when you drop down to to FCS is is on both lines are usually just way smaller, noticeably smaller from inside the stadium, and um, uh, even even Jacksonville State who gets castoffs and guys kicked off all these other. Uh, uh, FBS teams in the Southeastern Conference, uh, even they're still just vastly undersized compared to to, to anybody playing in, in FBS. 
except for maybe Akron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's interesting because, you know, the joke is, could Alabama beat the Jets or whatever was the joke from a couple of years ago? And, you know, that's a that's not a good comparison because the difference in NFL talent and college talent is bigger than this. All of the Jets players are NFL players. As good as Alabama is, not all of Alabama's players are NFL players. A top-level high school team has got more guys that Al- that Alabama is recruiting than Akron do- does. <laughs> like, Akron doesn't have anybody that yeah. Alabama wants. Yeah, I mean, you could take a handful of guys off the that Denton team that would start at Akron. Oh, yeah. Like, give them an offseason to get the playbook, and they would start at Akron. They got a, their, their middle linebacker is the number one linebacker in the state. He looks like he's older than me. <laughs> and... He was completely unblockable in the game that I watched. And the team they were playing against was the number five team in the state. And it was like, oh, yeah, this, this guy, this is like, like if I was playing a peewee team. It was unbelievable. He is Anthony Hill Jr. He's unbelievable. He played running back, too, of course. He was just, you could, couldn't tackle, no one could tackle him. But their other running back was also number two. Two, I think, was also super, super good. Anyway, I was in awe of the talent level. And I was like, yeah, could they beat a terrible FBS team? I'm not saying they could beat... Crazier things have happened. I mean, I I think probably, because just knowing how Texas football works... um, and the money that probably flowed through some hands to get a lot of those kids to that particular school in the first place. It's, the I mean, it's, Denton might be being paid more than the players back. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's basically sure. they are probably better than most junior college teams, at least. So if we want to set a baseline there. Oh, there's um, some junior college teams in Texas that I guarantee you would beat Akron. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, Lynn Junior College, yeah. Cam Newton. Yeah, they could beat that Akron team by 100 points. <laughs> Cam Newton would have scored 18 touchdowns. Man, that's some of these some of these JUCO teams in East Texas, especially like. Imagine they're uh, all just guys who get kicked off of Texas and A and M and like Power Five teams. Imagine, uh, if you will, <laughs> one of these teams like an Akron that has to roll up and play a dude like Cam Newton, uh, like you. Well, they said this. This was on the broadcast. They mentioned that – I'd like to know what the Alabama State version of this is. But that the Auburn offensive line uh, outweighed the Akron defensive line by an average of 60 pounds per person. Oh, I bet. So, I don't doubt that at all. I, and I, I – they didn't mention this, but I'd like to know if the Auburn defensive line outweighed the Akron offensive line. Because it might have. You're asking about the Probably. Alabama State offensive line? Tell me if the Alabama State offensive line is bigger on average than the Auburn defensive line. I'm going to take a little bit of digging just because I, I'm going to look at the roster, but I don't, I don't really know who the starters are. Yeah, you don't know if they're but, too deep. Um, I can tell you that Alabama State has a wide receiver who's 5'5", 137. Interesting. 
let's go that other is like, direction. That is very small. He's like a size. He's like a size four. He's a third year guy. It's not like a freshman that just got in the program. Uh, she thought that was funny. <laughs> my dress joke. Oh my. I, uh, I I worked in uh, retail with a, a big focus on women's fashion for many years. So that yeah. got me pretty good. Thank you. Uh, Alabama State offensive line again. Not don't know who the depth or the starters are out of this group, but six foot two fifty, six two three thirty, six three two seventy five, six three three twelve, six foot two eighty eight, six three three fifty. Big dude there. Uh, six two two eighty five. 62305, 292, 267, 350, 275, 293, He's got. Is he six ten three eighty? He's listed at five eleven, and he's on at ESPN as five eleven three seventy three. Oh, oh my! Packed off couple there number seventy nine. Where's he from? Edgewood, Maryland. Wow. All right. Yeah, that is a giant person. Yeah. But also not. <laughs> I mean, well, 5'11", he's normal size. Yeah, he's average height. But he played defense in Massive high school whip. and had 122 tackles, including 81 solo tackles, 16 sacks in 12 games in his senior season. So basically being 5'11 is the only reason he's not playing at somewhere besides Alabama State. In his I junior imagine. and senior years, he combined for 213 tackles. And he finished his prep career with 31 sacks. But then he moved wow. to offensive line in 2021 in the spring. And that's interesting. You a link about uh, the Alabama State punter, uh, freshman, Aubrey Grace. Amazing here. What's his name? Aubrey Grace. Aubrey. Aubrey yeah. Grace. Oh, um, he does not you know, look like Drake. Doesn't really look like the typical Alabama State. No, player. he's got a mullet, yeah. and he is from Montgomery, Alabama. Aubrey Grace, and his mullet is just fantastic. Brian, um, between the years nineteen ninety-seven and Aubrey Grace is the name of a girl at a private school in, in Montgomery today. Guaranteed, every Southern mom wanted to add Grace into the name of whatever yes. child they're having. Um, I don't know if that's still going on. Oh man, I'm sure it is. It's I'm just, very lucky. My sister. you say between lucky. 97 and 2005? Do you mean the kids born between then, or yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean these are essentially kids a little bit younger than me. So yeah, and then um, Grace is a double name. Aubrey Grace is the double name of a girl yeah, at, a, yeah. at a Montgomery yeah. private high school right now. I Aubrey, Grace, Aubrey Grace McAllister. That's, that's <laughs> And she has that. Paris to the McAllister's Deli. She's got that monogram on the back of her forerunner right now. Boy, does she. 
yeah. Uh, my sister's very lucky that she did not have Grace as a middle name as a result of that fad. I don't know if it's still going on. No, because they just make up weird names now, right? Um, I don't know, man. They do. They do over here. People make up the weirdest names. You got to spell it funny. Uh, I can't tell you how many Jacksons there are with an X. Oh, uh, man! All I over bet. the batting cages in North Texas. You got to go crazy with the J A X S O N. Oh gotta, man! You got to hit them. You got to hit them with the, the and why the two is it? Versions. Why you know? is it always baseball? It's baseball parents that are this way. Oh, the base. baseball people in North Texas are weirdos, yeah. and the same on. people who you, named you their people ended, that. You could have ended at the before the North Texas part. It's true because I, I I I like I I love my baseball baseball people. Yeah. Uh, into little league and, and the making number, it their life. The number of indoor batting cages in North Dallas is staggering. <laughs> oh, I, I, I pass one. I Sounds can't go like anywhere without passing one. It's a it's a whole another another topic for a different day. But there's a reason that uh, uh, college baseball players all kind of suck a little bit. <laughs> I feel like we're verging on uh, the one time Crow called the all the cross players racist. I'm not no, saying that. No, that's not. I'm not <laughs> and I'm I not didn't say there. that at the time that all the cross players are just people racist. whose parents have made their whole life about one single thing their whole lives, and they their personalities suffer as a result. That's all I'm saying. I didn't. I never <laughs> said that all the cross players were racist. No, you just said the whole sport was racist. I said there's some racial elements in the fact that that sport becomes popular at the schools it becomes popular at. Um, it like swept through the South uh, not not too long ago, but I don't know if that's still happening. I don't know if that's. Well, guys, the most important thing this podcast can give you at eleven o'clock in the morning, Saturday, that is to kick off. For the Alabama State game. So most podcasts, I listened to The Observer again this week. Painter and Justin, good friends of the pod, did not mention the kickoff mm. time for this game. Mm. Again, that's two weeks in a row that The Observer, uh, at least on the free pod, has not given you the time of kickoff. We'll tell you right now, it's happening at 11, 11 o'clock Central Daylight Time. <laughs> Probably going to be an 11.05 kick, if I had to guess. So set your calendar, set your clocks. That's when it's happening. If you are attending that game, be aware it will be the hottest day of your life. Oh, it yeah. doesn't look like nah, I don't the care. weather's calling for eighty-five. <laughs> yeah, right. Right, and that's that's not in, accounting for the I, the late summer sun just being the September sun. Sure, I, I remember the Tulane game though. Um, it's the hottest day of my life. Was that Tulane game? <laughs> that was the hottest day of mine, and I was there with Mr. Josh Black, friend of the pod, friend of. Crow, and I was drinking. I, I we were in the good seats, and I had access to free bottles of water, and I probably drank twelve bottles of water. And I, the whole time, I was thinking, "What are people doing that have to purchase bottles of water? They're going. <laughs> people dying. are going to die. People are going to die in this game." Uh, yeah, that was uh, me and Doctor McLaughlin in the, in the I was, hottest game. The I was so. Like I got the day pool. of my life was probably a uh, uh, 11 a.m. kickoff uh, in September and possibly October uh, Mississippi State game. Uh, thought I was going to die. Yeah, the 05 Georgia Tech game ranks up there for hottest games I've ever been to. But. 
That was a hot game. I don't remember it being particularly hot, though. I was there. That game stunk. It, it was, yeah. I walked it home went, from that it game. Was it was very hot, though. You're right. But, yeah, that two-lane game, man. Jeez Louise. <laughs> they shouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> I feel like an Alabama fan complaining about how hot it was, but it was hot. Um, hey, props to the student section. We need to we need to do that. Props to the student section for being uh, yeah, shout out around longer than the the rest of the, the crowd and being appropriately and dressed. They were all dressed for the heat and the Except sun. Except for the pledges, even in a whiteout, pledges were in yeah, pledges. They can't help that, no. dude. That's just that's just the way it is. Not that <laughs> it, it shouldn't be. Go on a big limb there. It, Shouldn't be that way, but it's the way that it is. Yeah, uh, well, it's okay. That that institution most likely won't exist in five years, if I had to guess. But we'll see. That's a, that's my hottest take of the pod so far. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, know if the fraternities a, that's will. A, that's a piping hot take. <laughs> I don't know if fraternities will are, are, are long for this world. And that's uh, coming from our resident fraternity brother too. Yeah. I don't, now I'll say uh, this will be the. Auburn would be one of the last play. They're the the last holdouts if that were to. That's happen. true, but I think it's one of those things. Like, uh, I have a very, I have a very strict. If it didn't exist, could it? Policy. <laughs> so, like, if let's pretend this thing never existed, and you're just trying to make it up now, and you need to make it up, it would never get off the ground. You could never get the fraternity system built no. from scratch. No. Um, of course, I guess I say the same thing about major college football, but <laughs> I digress. Or major colleges, I think, is where you need to go back to. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> like, could you? Hey, here's the deal: we're gonna have a group of people, for the most part, m- like monoethnic, <laughs> <laughs> and they're gonna pay money mm. to hang out together, call themselves a club. And we'll, and we will give them better seats at state at the football game. No, it's never gonna like that. No. That's an ex, there's no way that gets off the ground. No, I I've always had an issue with the way that seating has been done at, at Auburn games. Anyway, I mean, there's the would, best seats in the I house are reserved for people involved in student government and fraternities and sororities. My, my hot take is that those are actually the worst seats in the student section. They are pretty bad <laughs> seats. Well, you're, you're low at field level. You're facing sideways at the end zone. You can't really see down the field. Ah, sure. I, I mean, it's not a great seat. I mean, I guess maybe that's why the betas used to not sit there. They would sit up in the uh, corner. Yeah, it's section 19, halfway up in the end zone. Uh, that, that's, that was my spot. I like to sit around the uh, portal in the corner there, We're near the band ish. Is usually where I where I used to sit. All right, well, guys, off the dragon on. let's continue. What do we what do we have? Anything else to talk about besides Alabama State football? Here's the deal. Next week, come back. We will talk to you about what happened in this game. Yeah, we, we got, got a big game to talk about next week. We will talk to you about potentially Auburn soccer beating number one team in America. We will talk about the Penn State game. We will talk about what time the Penn State game is. We will talk about... Maybe who's playing each position. 
the names of the coaches. Stuff you don't get other in other podcasts. What's the name of Alabama State's coach, Ryan, before we leave? Uh, I can't remember his, last, his first name, but it's, I think it's Hill Ely, something along those lines. Ely? Okay, good. As long as we give everybody that kind of information. That's the information people come to podcasts for. This other stuff they can look up. What time does the game start? What is the name of the coach? That's what we Donald give them. Donald Hill Ely, that is their head coach. Well, excuse me? Your what hurts? Donald, Donald, and then hyphenated Hill Ely. Donald? Hill Donald. 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 Hill. Hill. And then hyphen E-L-E-Y. Okay. Donald Hill E-L-E-Y. E-L-E-Y. That's Ely. Ely? Donald Hill Ely. Ely should be E-A something. No, no. I can't wait for someone else to read it on ESPN. Yeah. Those of you who listen to this podcast will go, oh, yeah, that's Donald Hill Ely. I learned about that guy, that he exists. On the Orange and True podcast. But eight of you have been edified. Yeah. All right. Adios, muchachos. Have a war eagle weekend. Man's got to have a code. <laughs> <laughs>